everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the sixth episode of Simply Empowered, a podcast that discusses real-life issues that teens face every day and how to conquer them. I'm your host, Madeline Singh, and with me today is Roma Jaw, the founder of Healthcare at the Helm. Before we get into all of this, I'd love to learn more about Healthcare at the Helm. Can you tell me about it, Roma? So Healthcare at the Helm was created to try and bridge the gap between health and society. So that may seem a bit broad and vague, but basically its goal is to provide a bunch of mediums through which physicians, students, and anyone else who's interested in healthcare and health careers to learn more about it through my blog or through my interview series where I interview several physicians about controversial political questions about health insurance and where I just try to take a deeper dive into the healthcare and public health world. That's so amazing. I'm so glad that young people like you are taking a stand in healthcare issues. It's really important that we become more aware and raise awareness as well so that other people can be educated and make better life decisions, especially in something as important as healthcare. I feel like for a lot of us teens, we try not to think about that because we're just trying to live our lives, you know, go about our days. But the reality of it is, is that we need to be more aware about things like this. Exactly. Definitely. So, as all of you know, the United States is going through COVID-19 right now, and we're trying to combat the spread. And for some of us, it can be difficult to compile all the facts during a time like this. And especially, this stands especially true for COVID-19 in the United States. And for teenagers especially, because we have so many different inputs coming on news outlets, social media, our friends that are saying different things. So that can lead to some of us feeling disillusioned and frustrated with different policies that are responding to COVID-19. So one really awesome thing about Roma's um, organization, Healthcare at the Helm, is that it helps people understand how people are affected on a more practical level in terms of healthcare issues. And that's something that's really relevant today, especially with COVID-19. And I think with that, we can show more empathy to those who are negatively impacted by the situation. So um, the spread of COVID-19 in the United States has been rapid, and this has led to job loss, shelter-in-place orders, and overwhelmed hospitals. Roma, what do you think are some important things to keep in mind when trying to understand the role in the healthcare system, like how it plays in a situation with COVID-19? So I would say that COVID-19 has just been so revealing about the healthcare system in general. Some of the things that work have been brought up and then some of the things that are really huge issues about the healthcare system, whether that's um, job loss, whether that's disparities based on race. I think that's really been brought to the forefront of the entire pandemic. Yeah, and we can definitely go into that in a few minutes, and I think it's so amazing that you're providing this insight. But first, can you tell me what a healthcare company generally does for its clients in normal circumstances? So a healthcare company, depending on whether it's a private or a public organization, its main goal is to help its customers, its consumers, pay for their healthcare. So a patient may get a procedure or may get some medication, and it is the company's job to try and cover as much as possible under that plan. Usually, companies are going to have a pretty basic guideline of what uh, needs to happen with their insurance to make sure that they're covering the basic needs 
of their consumers. But a lot of the time, what the issue is, is that companies aren't very transparent about what they are covering. And that became a really big issue recently. I completely agree. And especially in light of COVID-19, where healthcare, um, some hospitals have been overwhelmed and therefore healthcare companies are likely overwhelmed too. It should probably change the way that healthcare companies respond to these situations. So what are your thoughts on that? So most healthcare companies have basically stated that all um, procedures, anything relating to COVID-19 will be covered if people have healthcare plans, which is a great thing. You know, I feel like in the midst of a pandemic, people, if they get sick, they should not be worried about their healthcare. They should be worried about getting better. But the issue is, is that a lot of the time, uh, sometimes people without jobs lose their health care and companies don't really have a way to set these clients up. So that's when it becomes a really huge issue. Yeah. And I think that makes a lot of sense considering a lot of people are being laid off or they, they refuse to work because they're afraid that they are at risk of contracting COVID-19. And so because of that, like you said, they lose their healthcare benefits and that can lead to some pretty negative impacts. So um, in that case, are there any other ways that people's health insurance are being affected by COVID? Are they just like losing it because they're not part of a certain business or company anymore? So yeah, millions of people have been laid off, as you said. And the thing is, I actually did some research when I started to think about, wait, what about people's health care? What are they going to do if they lose jobs and then lose their insurance? And I saw this plan called the COBRA plan. And on the surface, it looked pretty good. It said that it would provide uh, its consumers, its clients with health care for a period of time that allows them to move between jobs. That way they can shift to another employer-based program. But when I looked further into it, I realized that it still has clients basically paying for everything. They really aren't covering anything. And I thought that was just deceiving. And it was really wrong because especially in, in a pandemic, people may be put on the COBRA plan and or the COBRA system, and they're actually not getting covered. It's just a system in which they can be provided care, but they still have to pay for procedures, for um, medications, for anything relating, relating to COVID, because ultimately they don't have an employer that's paying their care anymore. Wow, that sounds really difficult, especially for people that may struggle financially and maybe aren't as aware of the fine print in certain healthcare um, contracts. Are they called contracts? Yeah, like okay, in certain healthcare contracts. And <laughs> so I think that you make a really great point that it's really important to like do your research before you um before you start to work with a different healthcare company. And for teens, especially as we grow up, we have to do this adult thing by ourselves. And <laughs> I think that it really helps to be aware. For sure. Speaking of being aware, I'm sure you've heard the term flattening the curve, right? Mm-hmm. How do you Always. think this? Yes. So, how do you think this relates to healthcare and hospitals? And can you? How can we better understand this concept? So, flattening the curve, to my knowledge, as I'm not a medical professional, is basically a way. Um, is a term used to try and lower the amount of cases that are occurring and. You know, seeing everything on the news, especially for teens, it's kind of tough to understand all this terminology because people 
kind of expect us to know and we kind of expect ourselves to know the basics. And we are old enough to understand some of that. But when it comes to these complex, broad topics, it can be really tough. And I was also really struggling for a bit because I didn't understand a lot. And I know a lot of my friends were as well. So mm-hmm. flattening the curve is really just all of the efforts that have been being put in, whether that's social distancing, whether that is wearing masks, uh, wearing personal protective equipment in hospitals, just really being careful in um, making sure that you're not putting anyone at risk. And sometimes I feel like it really is overcomplicated. And then teens can feel like, oh, we can't, we don't know any of this. We're not going to talk. When I think now more than ever, it is a time where teens can definitely be educated or just learn more about what's going on around them, even if it doesn't have to do specifically with healthcare. Yeah, and I completely agree. For teenagers in this day and age, I feel like we're starting to become more aware. So we're starting to take a stance on things we believe in. And I think it's really important that we are able to do that because in the end, we're going to be the ones soon filling those jobs and making policy decisions and voting. And so by having that awareness, it's really important that we, um, that we make an impact in our communities. Okay. So um, let's go back to like healthcare specifically and like when they have COVID, but they also like lost their job. And so that can put them at a bit of a risk because they can't necessarily find other ways of gaining income. And so that can be really difficult for them. So what exactly is happening with that? So what occurs is that sometimes people are put in the position where, well, do I get medical treatment and rack up all of those bills? Or do I um, just stay home and take the risk? And I feel like that's such an awful choice because ultimately people have to choose one or the other. There really Mm -hmm. isn't another way in which if people are reliant on an employer-based system and they don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, which are public options, then they're put in a really tough position. So for example, if someone who makes a pretty decent income, uh, let's say over $100,000 per year, and they were laid off during COVID and they're in their mid-40s, they don't qualify for Medicare because they're under the age of 65, and they don't qualify for Medicaid because they're not disabled, nor are they under the poverty line. So they're put in that position where if they have COVID or someone who's under their plan has COVID, they have to wonder, am I going to rack up all these medical bills every single night, or are we going to let myself or someone that I care about suffer? Wow. That's truly a conundrum because for some of us, it's a matter of financial stability and just kind of toughing it out, or it's a matter of life or death, and you just have to kind of take that risk. And I think that there are both pros and cons to both, and whoever has to go through that, I think that the best thing they can do is really just be aware, completely aware of like the different aspects of their decision to be made, and so they can make the best choice that fits for them. Speaking of loss of income, so many families have lost their main source of income because of this pandemic because a lot of services and businesses are being deemed unessential. And I feel like for a lot of people I know, and myself included, this can be taxing on some people's mental health because they are so stressed about their future because we don't know when this is going to end. So how can we show empathy and care for people who are stressed about their financial stability? So I think similar to what is happening right now with the protests, uh, people who may not be um, African-American 
and they are going out and they're protesting, that makes a big impact. And if people who maybe aren't being affected, who are pretty financially stable, they're personally not being affected by insufficient health care. If they go out and they take a stand and they show that this is a big issue, then eventually and hopefully the United States system will be in a position where they can be better for everyone. So I think it's really important that everyone at least just learn about a little bit about at least how healthcare is impacting COVID because I feel like it's so relevant right now and seeing some of the things that are happening, for example, like COBRA are just shocking and they can make someone actually very interested in the topic. I completely agree because awareness is always the first step in this sort of action and uh, making a change, a tangible change in our society. And for healthcare specifically in COVID-19, there are ways we can take a stance in this. We can go lobby to our local governments and to our local state systems, and we can also educate ourselves and others on these decisions and perhaps even show care for people that might not be able to make the same financial decisions as us. And I think that's the best thing we can do at this point outside of completely changing the system, you know? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So we talked about the workers and um, employees that have been deemed unessential for this economy and for society in case of COVID-19. But then there are also the people whose jobs are considered essential, such as healthcare workers. Um, They all put their lives at risk for us and they're consistently working, like probably even more so than before the pandemic because of the high rate of cases and spread. That's a pretty tough position. So what are your thoughts on that? So a few weeks ago, I guess now, I came across this article where it spoke about how healthcare workers, these essential workers, these healthcare heroes, as we've deemed them, are actually put in a very tough position when it comes to their healthcare and their health insurance. And That's actually crazy to think about because you would think that, oh, someone who's working in a hospital, nurses, just people that are there taking care of patients would be the ones who wouldn't have to worry about that, hopefully. But actually, 29% of frontline essential healthcare workers don't get paid sick leaves. So even if they do get sick, they actually cannot... Um, get that care. Otherwise, they're not going to get their income. And then that poses a similar issue to what we saw with losing income for families. And that's a really big problem. So, and I actually talk about this a bit more in my, in one of my blog posts on my website called The Cruel Irony of the Healthcare System, where I basically just speak about how these healthcare heroes are actually very, put in a very tough position And it's pretty awful, if I'm being honest. I completely agree. And what they're doing for us, it's a very noble sacrifice because every day, even outside of COVID-19, they're putting their lives at risk of contracting certain diseases or just the stress. They probably don't get a lot of sleep either considering the high demand of healthcare workers these days. They are so essential to our society. And I think the one thing we can do since... We obviously are not healthcare workers or um, work in hospitals or doctors or nurses. Is we can show gratefulness to them and just do little acts of kindness. If you see a doctor or a nurse passing by on your way to get some food, if you can do that in your local area, um, just say thank you. Stop and say thank you so much. They do it. Really, I think would boost their morale. And I think that's something really important that 
we need to do because we can't just take these kinds of things for granted. For sure, yeah. There's Luckily, there's been a lot of gratitude that has been shown, which is great. And that article just really shocked me, I guess. It was shocking. It's actually really heartbreaking to hear that people that put their, put their lives at risk are struggling to take care of themselves in a sense. It's, it's really taxing to think about, actually. Yeah. All right. I'm going to make a bit of a pivot here and focus more on like mental health aspects of COVID-19. So as most of you have been, we've been placed in quarantine or because of the shelter in place orders. So Roma, what has been your experience with this? So I live in New Jersey and that was actually a state that has not been doing well. It's improved in the past weeks, but it was honestly doing worse than New York for a certain amount of time. So it was really tough for me because... I want to see my friends. I, I really do want to see my friends a lot. I try and FaceTime them, but I also currently have my grandparents living with me and they usually don't live with us, but they're with us right now. So my parents are especially strict because they don't want me or my sister to get them sick. So it's really tough because I do care about, and obviously I would never do something stupid that's going to put them in a compromised position, but I still am 16 years old and I do want to see my friends at the end of the day. Yeah. I think that's really the harsh reality of it, you know, because Mm -hmm. I don't think there has been a global pandemic at this scale ever from what I know, but um, it's especially taxing on people who are very social and they just want to see their friends because we are people that need a community to base off of. And sure, we can always do digital interaction. And I think that's something we should really be grateful for. So speaking of this quarantine, a lot of people, including teens who just finished school for the year, have felt trapped in their own homes due to the shelter-in-place orders, or sometimes they even like, just break them outright because they're just so done with it. So what do you think teens can do during quarantine so they don't feel like they're wasting their time? So I obviously recommend Netflix. It's always a good choice. Just watching TV, watching YouTube. That's always a fun thing. I personally am someone who can kind of be a workaholic, but I've learned that, you know, taking a break and just relaxing, watching TV is also fun. But I do know that feeling of feeling like, you know, you're just kind of wasting your time sitting at home. So what I would recommend is that just sometimes just take a look around you, especially in the recent weeks, like I mentioned with the protests, I think you can learn so much from just looking around you. And that's kind of how I developed such a passion and interest in healthcare relating to COVID because I decided to just take a step back and think about, well, I'm hearing all of this from the news. I'm hearing this from my parents. I'm hearing this from my friends, my sister, but is there anything that I can do Is there anything that I can do to just learn more so that way I can at least add something to my community or at least impact one other person? Yeah, and I think that's actually a really amazing thing to do, especially in a time like this where we have limited social interactions. It's find a way to work on something that's outside of yourself and it gives you a sense of purpose and that can really help combat feelings I say feelings, not actual depression, but feelings of depression and anxiety because you have no one to interact with. And I completely empathize with those who feel those things. And so what I did, like Roma, is I found something to work on that was outside of myself. And I feel like that would really 
help in times when I feel purposeless or aimless just sitting around all day. So yeah, all right. So a few more questions. Um, how have you maintained connections with your friends during this time? Like, of course, there's FaceTime, but what do you have to do to make sure that those friendships still stay strong since you're not able to see each other in person? So obviously, like, like you said, there's FaceTime, but even just, um, just texting them, just saying, like, how are you doing with everything? Because some people, I personally, I guess I didn't take the entire thing like too too badly but I know some of my friends were really having a tough time not seeing their friends for a little bit so definitely just reach out to people make sure they're doing okay um honestly like sending tiktoks tiktoks (laughs) tiktoks are such a great way even if they're about the dumbest stuff but just getting a tiktok is sometimes so funny and you you and your friends they're just sending tiktoks or just creating group chats just Mm -hmm. using your technology to your benefit because we have it like i can't imagine being our parents or our grandparents (laughs) and not having technology during this time i think that would have gone crazy Netflix party. Netflix party is a great one. Just doing anything fun, just using social media to our advantage because we're seeing a lot that's going on around us. And then we can also use it to just have fun with our friends. And I think that's the best, like, it's a great thing to do. Yeah. And that's so right, you know, because like (laughs) the best thing we can do in terms of maintaining relationships is do the first step. Just reach out, you know, Mm -hmm. let your friends know you haven't forgotten them and try to plan things, make the best of it. In times like this where we can't really do much, we need to make sure that we're fostering those connections because that's how we kind of stay happy and connected with people. All right. So this is the last and final question. And it's kind of a big general question of what can teens do to become more aware about the issues relating to healthcare and COVID-19? So I would definitely, well, you can definitely visit my website um, to learn a bit more about it. I have a lot of information about healthcare and COVID as well as public health and just how that's affected a lot of people in several ways. But honestly, like I said before, technology is your friend. Just look up on Google, use your news sources and just looking at a few articles, just having conversations with uh, people around you, your family, your friends. It can really be a great thing to do because you learn so much. And just again, like I said, taking a look around you, just doing some research and seeing what you can do relating to what you do, even if you like art if you want to paint something relating and just express yourself through that, I think that's an amazing way. If you like to sing, expressing yourself through songwriting, I think that would be a great way as well. So just using anything that you love to do and trying to understand COVID better as a whole, like I did with healthcare. Wow, that's so inspirational, Roma. You're awesome. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. I think you provided some amazing insight on how both teens and adults can take a stand and understand more about the healthcare system, especially at a time like COVID-19. That was Roma Ja, founder of Healthcare at the Helm. You can find more information about the healthcare system and what you can do at Roma's website, healthcareatthehelm.com. Please remember that while this podcast is meant to empower individuals and help them learn how to respond to difficult times in an emotionally healthy way, we are not trained professionals in any of the topics we thought of. We just thought it'd be amazing to provide our insight and help other people become more aware about that. If you do need professional help or know someone that does, please consult a licensed professional. 
This is Madeline Tsang, your host for Simply Empowered, a podcast for teens by teens. If you like what you hear, make sure to follow us on Spotify, Google Play Music, or iTunes at Simply Empowered. Thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in and hope you all have an empowered day.